Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. You know I'm not the little boy that I used to be. I'm all grown up now. Baby, can't you see? Stacy's mom has got it going on. She's all I want and I've waited for so long. Stacy, can't you see? You're just not the girl for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacy's mom. He was named a preseason first-team All-SEC selection. That one is ripped into the right-field corner. It's down, it's up off the fence. And Moore's going to race to second base. And if he stops, he's got the cycle. How about that? Robert Moore clears the bases, and he's hit for the cycle. He's got one of the best bat flips in all of college baseball. And he touches that one. That is a no-doubter as he bat flips it, and it is out of here. And he's turning double plays and talking about the Diamond Hogs on the buzz. It's time to talk with Razorback second baseman, Robert Moore. Brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin, Arkansas's largest independently owned jewelry store. Visit one of their five statewide locations, either in Pine Bluff, Little Rock, Jonesboro, Memphis, or Conway online at sissyslogcabin.com. And now, here's Robert Moore. Good morning, Robert. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Man, great to have you on. Um, we had the pleasure. Uh, we got uh, me, Roger, Justin Moore, and, and R.J. Hawk uh, here in studio. R.J., I mean, uh, Justin's actually at his home in Poen. But Roger and I got a chance to come up and watch the Omaha game, Robert. It was, uh, Roger, your first time. First time there in the stadium to Baum. watch a ball game for sure, yeah. And when it, at fourth inning, I'm going, Jiminy Christmas, man. Did I come up here to the first game? It's going to be jinxed or whatever. Then you come to the plate and you switch hit. And, uh, it was down 0-2. Uh, no, 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 it was down 0-2. Yeah, down 0-2. You uh, get uh, on Bases loaded. It was 0-2. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Way back and, got and to walk. you will walk. That's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. But I said, I don't know, Robert, if you've told us before that uh, you were a switch hitter. I never saw it. I never heard it on here. I, I don't know what it was, but I looked at that and I thought, look at him out there. And I got to be honest with you, I've said it on here since then. I thought you were taller. I had no <laughs> well, idea. Tell me how tall you are. <laughs> well, I'm five. I'm five eight on my license. Is is what it is. But when I saw that, I, I thought you were a big unit out there with all the everybody else is six feet tall. And I go, but the, you know what? I love the fact that you came out there and you were the man. <laughs> yeah, I've never been six feet before. I I, I don't know how uh, I don't know how that one would feel. Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you this: we were I looking know at the feeling, brother. <laughs> that's Justin, uh, Robert. We were looking at the lineup, and and you guys do have some big dudes. You know, in that game against Omaha, you know, your starter was six four, your first reliever was six six, and if you look up and down the lineup, and some of the signings for this year, six three six three. I do sort of have to laugh when, you know, the, the best power hitter on the team last year was you at, at your size. So it doesn't always have to be the biggest guy uh, and the uh, that you could be just as productive. And one thing I noticed, too, about your, your batting average so far this year, your your time at bat, you're batting around 315, but you have six doubles through 10 games. You only had 10 doubles all of last year in 61 games. What's Is there any reason for that or just one of those quirky things? You know what? I, I don't know the best way to explain it. Um, you know, some years that uh, some years you get more cookies and you hit more balls out of the ballpark. Some years, you know, you hit more balls down the line. Um, it's just kind of one of those things. That if you played, I don't know, four seasons of, of college baseball, your stats are going to look a little bit different every single year. Sure. But, um, I mean, 
I could easily, if I started this thing again next year, I could have six triples and, <laughs> and zero doubles. It, sure. it, it, it's just it's just kind of a weird thing like that. Yeah, was, it's just a matter of somebody getting hot. I, I, I know when when that happened with you, and then I think after you, I'm not, I'm, I, I can't be completely sure, but I remember Z- Lanzilli coming up uh, and hitting a double yeah. and bringing in runs. That all happened about the fourth or fifth inning when we were up there at Omaha. Now you, it was tough. Games. It was a it was a tight game, and oh, then it ended up being a blowout, fifteen to three. Yeah, until yeah. then, and when I'm looking at his stats, and I'm looking, he's like he was like a buck and a half, maybe. Uh, 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 a hitter at you know at that time, and I'm going. You know what? It just takes it. You just takes uh, uh, keep working at it. Yeah, yeah. These uh, those midweek games, uh, truthfully, they they always are a little tight early on, and then the opposing team, uh, especially the smaller conference teams, they run out pitching in their midweek games, and then you start to see fifth, sixth, seventh inning. The game start breaking open a little bit more, kind of like we saw in Omaha. But, oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's just kind of how those midweek games go, and they'll probably continue to go similar to like that uh, the rest of the year where they're tight early, and then we just start running away with them late. I tell, I tell you what we've been able to see, too, in these first few games, uh, some some great freshman talent. You know, One uh, was Austin Ledbetter, who was a Sling County kid. He had a Bryant last year, came in and had a good outing the other day. It's nice to see that young talent delivers on the mound for the Hogs. Oh, of course. Yeah, Austin uh, – Austin had a great fall and, and a great spring, and he was just kind of itching for his opportunity, and he got it, and he took advantage of it. And because of that, he's going to be uh, trusted with another opportunity. So, um, you know, you can't you can't win as a program unless your your freshmen step up big for you. And um, you know, it's good to see another one step up. I know that you guys have bad weather coming in, uh, I guess, any day now, I guess the next day or two, and you've got uh, four games with UIC Thursday through Sunday. How difficult, uh, you know, we, we laughed about it. I, I think I threw out a temperature you sort of laughed at because you were down at, you know, in Texas and it was cold down there. What's your sort of cutoff where you can go, okay, I'm done. I, I'm not going to be able to function out here as a baseball player. Um, you know what? I was saying that the other day, if we didn't have those uh, those big heaters in the dugout in uh, Round Rock, I don't know if we'd be able to play. I think I think probably around probably probably around 30, 32, 35 degrees when you can't feel your hands and you gotta go hit. Yeah, that's, that's when it gets a little difficult. Make no mistake, Baz. When when the ump says play ball, it, it could be minus ten, and they're going to go out there and play. <laughs> But you're going to be me- yeah. measurable doing it. Yeah. What, what is what is yeah. it? Yeah. What is yeah. it? What is the cutoff for? I mean, what, what is the? Is there a particular degree, or is it just a feel for the for the umpires to say, okay, or the coaches, it's too cold? Um. Usually, a good cutoff is if the field is in bad shape because of the weather. Gotcha. So, um, you know, like uh, for example, if um, you know, we have some snow go in, and the next day that there's ice all around the field that's going to be hard to play in. Um, but as far as weather goes, it's probably just whatever both sides agree to play in. Um, if, if they look at the weather and it's going to be nice the next day, they'll just decide to play two the next day. So it, it, it varies every single time. But I would say it's more concerned about how playable the field is in. Hey, Robert, uh, you know, to the fans who are – I don't know if concerned is the right word, but you guys have not gotten off to the hot start that you did last year. Uh, but could you talk to the opponents that you guys have faced? Because as Coach pointed out, um, you guys, they may not be the big-name teams that you've played so far uh, like you do in the SEC, 
outside of you know the Texas uh, tournament. Uh, but you guys have played some really mature, older ball clubs that are really good teams that you, you know the the folks wouldn't maybe again know their names but y'all played really really good competition I, I just wonder if you could speak on that a little bit well i would start off by saying that baseball isn't football and it's not basketball so in football if, if you have patrick mahomes or tom brady you're probably going to win every game because you're more talented in basketball if you have lebron james you're probably going to win just about every game because you're more talented Baseball is a sport where it takes nine players, and if a pitcher is dominant that day, it's going to be tough to win. So uh, I would start off by saying that. And uh, I would also start off by saying that I think last year we started off the year 12-3 uh, and three or 12-4 and four before we headed into conference play. Right now we're 7-3. and three. If we win our next couple, we'd, we'd be in the same situation going into the conference as we did last year. And... Um, uh, last year's team also started conference playoff losing 16 to one to Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> baseball isn't always yep. sunshine and rainbows, but, um, the, the most important thing is that you win series. So the better teams always win series. The better teams may not always win that day, right, but the better point. teams win series. That's, that's why, uh, when you go down the stretch, we're not like the March madness tournament in college basketball where it's one and done. It's series. Okay. So we'd be NC state 21 to two. Yep. Well, you still got to win one more. NC State was a better team, so they won the series. So, as long as we keep winning series, I think we're in a good position. Yeah, we we talked about earlier. You guys haven't lost one yet, so. Well, let's, let's continue to to do that. We're Correct. Vi- we're visiting with Robert Moore. Brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Um, you know, one of the things you know, we mentioned that we were up there last week to watch the uh, the game. I guess it was uh, was it Wednesday. I guess it was Wednesday. It was a beautiful day. The weather was perfect, Robert. And uh, one of the things that was I enjoyed because we had we had done a show segment on this uh, the week before last about walk up songs. And uh, we went through almost all the walk-up songs by you guys, and uh, it was interesting to hear because I think you had told us that your I think yours was "Hello, My Name Is" by Matthew West. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it, yeah, I was uh, when I was up there. I was a I was a team captain, and I was president of FCA when I was up there a long time ago, Robert. And uh, I got much respect for you know a lot of songs you could choose, but you you decided to do something that's reflective of your faith. And uh, I just, uh, you know, and I had somebody send a couple of messages. Hey, we see uh, Robert in church on a regular basis. And we really hadn't talked to you much about that, but just want to give you a chance maybe to just reflect about, you know, your ability. You're on a, you have a platform there and your ability to share what your faith is about. Well, uh, th- there's multiple ways I can go with that. Uh, I would start off by saying, um, you know, we have unbelievable support from not only the university, but the local church. And, uh, you know, we have uh, support from a brand-new church in Farmington and uh, Cross Church here in Fayetteville. And we have a team Bible study that Luke Harper runs, who's the college ministry pastor at, at Cross Church, and then uh, Shannon O'Dell at, uh, at Brand New Church. His church has blessed every single one of our team members with, uh, with Bibles, and then a book by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven sure, Life. Sure, um, we're, we're, we're unbelievable thankful to, uh, to those guys for helping us out. And, um, you know, we're, we're just a, uh, we're just a group of college players, uh, ages 18 to 24, some 25 that, um, you know, a lot of us just, uh, trying to figure out life. And, um, one way we're trying to do that is, is just grow in faith. And, um, you know, if, if you got to develop three things every day, your mind, 
your body and your spirit, most importantly. So um, I, I would say that's uh, that's been a big priority in our uh, in our team, uh, in our locker room, and with the players that we have uh, the past um, I would say year and a half. So um, the the walk up songs when it comes to that, um, you know, it, it it's just kind of a you know, I like that song because it's like an introduction. So you get walked up to the play. It's like an introduction. That song's kind of like an introduction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hello, my name isn't Robert Moore. My name is the child of the one true king. So that's what I like about that song. Yeah, good good stuff, Robert. Good stuff. Glad you shared that. I, I did want to ask, too, if we if we take another trip up there, I want to see, because this is an NIL kind of deal we've got going on, Robert. You know, you're, you're sponsored by Sissy's Log Cabin. If we come up to see another game in the near future, would you would you be comfortable because you, we we talked about this on the first call? Would you be comfortable if we paid you whatever your fee is to cut our hair? What would you be comfortable? <laughs> would you do? Would you be willing to do that first? We're willing to put our hand, put our hair in your hand. Well, well, Basil is anyway. Would you would you be, <laughs> yeah. would you be willing to do that? Would you are you comfortable in doing that? I would be comfortable doing that. I don't know if you guys would be. Uh, but uh, well, if I you tell know. you, listen, if I tell you that I want three all the way around on the sides <laughs> and then use your little fingers to put my hair up to match that up up top with the scissors, can you do that? I can only do one haircut. It's, it's it's called a skin fade, and I can fade it down the skin, and that's about it. Okay, well, listen. You know what? I'm willing to do that. Uh, I, I, I don't let's much do this. If, if you're if you're willing to do it, Robert, the yeah. next trip we come up there to watch, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll come up and broadcast the yeah. show either yeah. the next morning or the, the the day before, whichever. And if it works with your schedule, yeah. if it doesn't, we won't do it. But if it works with your schedule, we'll pay you. We'll pay to you. cut our hair, and you can do the fade on us. So that's will pay. You. Now, two of us are older. You know, we're, me and Roger are fifty eight. My hair's thin, and it, there's not a lot of it there. Justin. And Roger are young. They're in their late thirties. Justin and, and RJ. It, what did I say? Uh, Roger. I'm sorry. Justin and RJ. I taken uh, yes, are in their late thirties. So yeah. we would. It would be really edgy for us to do this fade yeah. thing. Can you're you talking do a about. faux hawk? Yeah. I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if mine would be the fade. What'd you call the fade what, again? What'd you call it, the Robert? It's, it's called a skin fade. Skin, skin fade. fade. Can I, we got to Google skin that, fade. Roger. Yeah, we I, don't Google know, it. I don't know if you could say that on the radio. <laughs> I, I think we should also take some BP. <laughs> Justin, I, I, I was actually thinking about that. Well, uh, we'll, we'll swap off. Let me take a couple of swings for you. We'll talk to Coach. Well, Robert, Justin, I mean, yeah. Justin's the only one I think that's healthy enough to swing a bat from this show. I think. So, uh, uh, hey, listen, Robert, yeah. I, I want to ask you about that swinging that bat, uh, being the switch hitter that you were. Uh, were you? Were you? Was he still it, is. I know. Yeah. Uh, were, you, <laughs> were you always that, or did you develop that? Did your pop tell you how to do that? And then, how long? And, and if so. How long did you practice on, on, on your weak side? And is that your right side, the weak side? I'm a naturally right-handed hitter. I started hitting left-handed probably around the age of eight or nine. And um, as far as developing goes, just uh, truthfully, just, just just trying to take the same amount of swings on both sides whenever you, we have practice. But uh, I think at this point, I'm, I'm 19, I'm going to be 20. At the end of March, uh, it's just my body's kind of adapted to it, and it's just be kind of both sides just feel natural now. But I'm, I'm naturally right-handed. So what do, what determines on how you're going to uh, when you get up to the plate? I think your first two or three uh, two or three uh, plate appearances when we were up there, and again I'm going back to the Omaha game. Uh, you were on the left side, and you came on the right, and I think because of well, you had your base runners and everything at the time, and maybe the count pitching is that what it all is. 
It's, it's all pitching. Okay. So if they throw a left-hand pitcher, you face right-handed the opposite side. So if they throw a right-hand pitcher, the opposite side would be left-handed. So I would hit left-handed. So, all right, last question on that, and then I'm going to get out of your hair. No pun intended. Uh, so would you would you encourage all ball players, those seven, eight, nine-year-old boys, to uh, to do that, uh, to, to make themselves a little bit more valuable and, and uh, improve their skill set, a little add to that, and, and work on doing both sides of the plate? The one thing I would say about switch hitting is it makes it makes uh, it kind of eliminates the the breaking ball. Okay, so uh, let's say you're going left on left, and this left hand pitcher can throw a slider or a breaking ball away from you. That's going to be hard to hit. But if you flip over the other side, that breaking ball is going into your barrel. So it kind of eliminates sometimes the pitcher's best pitch. Uh, as far as advocating for uh, you know younger players to be switch hitters. Um, I, I don't know because every body is different, every player is different, and you know some some switch hitters get to a certain point where they just realize they're better on one side and they just kind of ride that out the rest of their career. Some switch hitters, uh, you know, they say if I if I if I ever quit this side, it would ruin my whole career. I remember uh, there was a player named Brian Pena <laughs> who was a backup catcher in the big leagues for many many years. He wanted to quit switch hitting, but he he stuck with it. And the reason he stuck with it was because it was all about matchups. So he was able to go up there right-handed versus a left-hand pitcher and get to play that day. All right, last um, la- last question on that. Then, have you ever switched it or changed sides in an inning at, at, at a no. plate plate appearance? Nope. Very good. Nope. I would never do that. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Robert, great stuff as always, buddy. Good luck against UIC, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, see you guys. Thanks, Go buddy. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Sissy's Log Cabin for sponsoring Robert. What an impressive <coughs> dude he is. Yeah, he is. Hey, when we come back, got a concert announcement from Simmons Bank Uh-oh, Arena. Oh, another one. Yep. And another one.